Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast comes from Smart Recruiters, the hiring success company. Smart Recruiters is an enterprise-grade talent acquisition suite designed for hiring success. Move beyond applicant tracking with a modern platform that provides everything you need to attract, select and hire the best talent. From candidate relationship management, sourcing and recruitment marketing, to screening, selection and offer management, experience a talent acquisition suite with a user experience that candidates, hiring managers and recruiters all love. Companies from Kelly Services to Visa to Bosch leverage smart recruiters to achieve hiring success and expand their business. Visit Smart Recruiters at www.smartrecruiters.com to find out why companies across the globe consider them the number one ATS replacement. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 144 of the Recruiting Future podcast. The pace of change in business seems to get quicker every day. Disruption is everywhere and companies are having to be ever more flexible and agile. All this means that many talent acquisition teams are having to work at an unprecedented pace and deal with challenges that are constantly evolving. My guest this week works for an organisation currently in hyper-growth mode and has some brilliant insights to share on dealing with rapid growth and change. Ronan Mooney is Chief of Staff and Head of HR at WebSummit. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Ronan, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. How are you, Matt? I'm very good today. Thank you very much. It's a nice sunny day still here in Scotland, um, which is always good. Um, could you introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about what you do? So my name is Ronan Mooney. I'm the uh, Chief of Staff and Head of HR for Web Summit. Um, what that means is I have been here since April 2017 helping to scale this business. Uh, we run a series of technology festivals around the world in Lisbon, North America, uh, Hong Kong, and here in our hometown of Dublin. And um, yeah, we've scaled significantly uh, both our headquarters here and, and internationally over the last 12, 18 months. Now, I think it's probably 
um, important for the people who may not be familiar with Web Summit, just to tell people the the, the, the kind of scale of it. I mean, could you give us a bit of the history of, of Web Summit in terms of um, the kind of audience size it started started with and, and where it's got to now? And, and also perhaps some of the kind of speakers that it attracts? Yeah, it's um, it's a... It's a real success story of how to come in and disrupt uh, a fairly well-established uh, industry. So tech conferences have been going for, gone for, for, for decades. Web Summit was started eight years ago here in Dublin by three um, co-founders who were you know, early, mid-20s, but wanted to bring something new to the tech conference experience. Uh, and they, are, they established a, a content-led uh, event here in Dublin. Very humble beginnings uh, where they invited three or four uh, named speakers um, and attracted 400 attendees. But the concept of it was to bring debate and thought leadership back to the tech uh, conference experience. And that really resonated and it scaled significantly since then. So that initial event of 400 people grew uh, year on year to now we run four events globally. And the format of them, is the scalability has changed, but the concept is still the same, where we have C-level leaders, recognized thought leaders in their industry, um, you know, telling us what's happening now, but also in the future. So uh, Web Summit 2017 saw 65,000 attendees in Lisbon. We descend on Lisbon for uh, the week in November, and uh, you know, in that Altice Arena, which holds eleven thousand people, we had, you know, former Vice President Al Gore talking very passionately about the human impact on climate change, and and how it, it's on us to change the narrative. The introduction uh, that opened the event by it was the last recording uh, interview of by Stephen Hawking, talking about the rise of AI and how it is both an exciting and perilous. Situation, And then in the uh, pavilions around uh, the Altice Arena, we had, which are the size of airplane hangars, we have 13 different stages running concurrently uh, with, you know, leaders in uh, technology and healthcare and music and fashion. So it is very much that festival feel. Um, and then the other events we, we run around the world have a very similar format, but we've localized them to the to their um, to their region. So North America, uh, five years ago, we established our event there called Collision. It has been in New Orleans for the last three years, and we're moving it to Toronto next year. Uh, we run an event in Hong Kong for the last four years uh, called Rise. And then for the fintech industry, uh, we run our smallest news event um, uh, called MoneyConf, and that has about 5,000 attendees. But all of those events... Again, the, the concept behind them is bring people together and have discussions, have debates, and in that, connect people, whether that's investors with startups, um, thought leaders, collaborators. Um, and it is extraordinary. You know, we, we measure you know, somewhere in the region of 180 to $190 million US dollars worth of, of investment is secured during the week of um, Web Summit. And then following on from the event, you can see further investment taking place. And that's really what we're very proud of, uh, the connections that we make and the thought leadership that comes out of uh, and the discussions that come out of uh, each of our events. So going from um, an event of 400 people 
to, to an event of 65,000 people. Um, I'm guessing that's, uh, that's obviously quite a scale up and I'm, I'm guessing that's presented some, um, interesting recruitment challenges. So, so, so what kind of recruitment challenges do you guys face and, uh, what are you like to sort of, sort of face in the future? So, so not all of it, this is my journey. You know, this is, uh, obviously I, I sit with our founders, our CEO, Paddy Cosgrave kind of talks of the early days where, you know, it's a lot of, you know, ambitious, uh, potentially inexperienced people coming together to try and establish something disruptive. And that's what they achieved in the early days. So it is a lot of ambition and hard work and legwork to to start something new. And, and anyone who works in a startup will, uh, will, that will resonate with them. The challenges that we faced over the last 18 months is how we manage the scalability of our company, the, the, the company behind these uh, world-class events. So, you know, we've made that evolutionary jump from, from startup to hyper-growth. And, you know, the challenges in hyper-growth is choosing your battles. You know, we, we're a company that people come to our events so they see what we produce, but our employer brand, you know, people being aware that there's a company behind us, that's a immediate challenge. And how we compete, you know, our headquarters are here in Dublin, but we're establishing offices in uh, Toronto and Hong Kong. We have an office now in, in Lisbon and Portugal. We're making strategic hires around the world from London to New York to San Francisco to Beijing. And so our challenge is, you know, telling our story and, and, and telling it honestly about what the opportunity is, but also what the challenges are in that scalability. But it's actually in that uh, telling of what our challenges are, what that resonates with Ta- you know, real talent um, that, you know, we, we can't say we're the biggest company in the world. We're not, you know, we're not a Google, we're not an Apple, um, but we are a company that achieves extraordinary things and our greatest days are still ahead of us. So telling those, uh, telling t- candidates what our challenges are and how they can help solve those problems is actually how we've started to resonate um, with candidates who may never have talked to us before. And the second challenge is the breadth of requirements that we have. So, you know, 12 months, 12, 18 months ago, we had just over 100 people all based here in Dublin. We've established three new offices, but we have five separate divisions. You, you know, as a company that creates events, you'd expect we have event managers and event producers, but we also have a team of data scientists and engineers who build our own technology and uh, help us manage and grow our, our events. We have uh, various different types of uh, salespeople and fulfillment, marketing. Um, and so the breadth of, of, of talent we require and immediate, you know, we've made 100 hires in less than 12 months. We have another 100 hires to make. We're and not, you know, at just, I suppose, not at a single level, but at all levels, including C-level uh, position. So we're adding new leadership to this business, uh, both here in Dublin and internationally. Um, so the how we start to solve that problem is I had to hire a really good recruitment team. And that's, you know, nothing that we've done is groundbreaking, but getting it done and getting it done in the right way has been the challenge. And so I've been uh, very fortunate that I've developed a, a recruitment team around me that essentially is fit for purpose you know, able to work with internal stakeholders, you know, do that lovely tightrope walk every recruiter does between managing a stakeholder's expectations 
um, as well as you know understanding what the market is able to provide in a timely fashion that we can get these people, these talented, wonderful people that will help us grow um, you know exponentially from where we once were. Um, and you know it's it's not a straight line, and you're constantly reviewing what one of the things we do on a weekly basis is monitor our ratios. How you know how many people are we bringing through the process, um, while also making sure that we're managing our internal stakeholders' most important asset, which is their time, um, and making sure that we're bringing people through an interview process that is reflective of who we are, not what we hope or the aversion of events. And um, we want to we want an honest recruitment process that allows us to interview the candidate, but also similarly allows the candidate to assess us because that's the meeting of minds. It's not about just putting people in seats. It's about putting a sustainable level of talent that will help us scale faster than we've ever done before. There are there are so many things I want to ask more questions about in that. I mean, it sounds um, um you know, it, it sounds like there's an incredible amount of stuff um going on. So just to kind of dr- drill into to some of this, I'm keen to sort of talk about the employer brand um aspect of this and perhaps the sort of the process and the candidate experience. But but before I do that, you you, you sort of mentioned that you've um uh, you've 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 kind of put together a recruitment um, a recruitment team, um, and I'm presuming that everything you do you have to do um, you know you have to do very 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 quickly, but also very very well. Um, how how did you go about bringing in the recruitment team that you that, that you that you needed? What um you know what 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 advice could you share um, with someone who might be looking to 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 do something similar in their organisation? So I, maybe Matt, this is the first controversial thing I will will say to you because I do I think sometimes as recruiters we have to be very aware of our bias. And I have a very obvious bias if you look at my recruitment team, which they all have worked in agency before, like myself. And this is not to say anything uh, disparaging about those uh, recruiters who do an extraordinary job in-house. But I do think that element or, or experience working in agency recruitment, certainly for a company who's going through the degree of scalability we are going through and will continue to go through for for the you know foreseeable future, um, we we need to be able to find great talent, but at scale and at speed. So you know, when I built out this uh, recruitment team, I was very honest with what we needed. I needed recruiters who didn't rely on um, inbound flow of of candidates. I needed people who knew what it was to do with the stuff that, you know, we were doing 12 years ago, Boolean searches, you know, with all the technology advancements and all the different platforms that exist, we're still doing, again, the the basics frequently to make sure the outbound outreach uh, to, uh, to attract talent in is still being done. So each of the people that are on the team now own a part of this business from a stakeholder management. So one recruiter is in charge of our engineering recruitment, uh, the other in charge of our commercial acquisition, the other in charge of our uh, the sourcing of you know event producers and event managers. Um, and because I genuinely believe, you know, when I started an agency, you know, a significant time ago, um, it was all about the more specialist you become the more expert you are, the more you're able to manage not just the candidate experience, but your credibility when you're out, when you're trying to attract uh, someone to your business, 
who's potentially never heard of your business before or never even thought of you know, you know you as a prospective employer you have to be able to talk from from a level of credibility and i i genuinely believe in that first 30 seconds of a recruiters outreach um phone call you know the candidate is looking for credibility and so the the recruiters that i've surrounded myself with come with that credibility they come with a level of understanding of their markets or their specialization they know how to uh, manage internal stakeholders in both telling them, you know, asking good questions and qualifying what they need, but then balancing it in that consultative manner of saying, right, I understand you want these 10 requirements, but what are the top three? And then finding uh, what the market's able to provide and managing that process from from all the cliches you like to use, Matt, you know, from cradle to grave, full 360. But this genuinely is it. We do not have a team of resourcers we don't have an onboarding, you know, the recruitment team here own everything from the posting of the jobs to the onboarding and, and beyond. And I believe for now that that um, uh, fulfills in our requirements for, for the scalability that we need. But one of the things I say to my team all the time, we have to be open to change. And when this business, you know, does take its next evolutionary step, um, we have to uh, adapt to it. And I think the best recruitment teams out there that I've seen work, the best recruiters I know are like chameleons. We, we adapt and evolve around the different requirements of, of the business. So just to dig a bit deeper into into kind of that opening that opening pitch um, in terms of how you um, you know how you're kind of initially selling yourselves to, to to candidates that you're reaching out to that may not have heard of you um, you know you mentioned that um, you probably haven't had time to um, you know build a a, a kind of a, a very visible um, you know, em, em, employer brand, uh, talent brand. How how have you kind of sort of developed that 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 pitch to, to 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 candidates, and what's the thinking behind it? Yeah, it's 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 an interesting process to go through because there's many many schools of thought to this, and you know, again, I talk from my personal and and from this vantage point. So by no means am I dictating to anyone to to follow suit, but I do think. The challenge you have if you are, you know, Dublin is an interesting uh, location from a talent perspective. You know, we, we do have, you know, a population both uh, domestic and that, that's moved here um, for work that is highly educated but also highly mobile. But it's also a really competitive market. You know, you've got EMEA headquarters for the biggest brands in the world and they're all within a 30-minute commute of each other. So... You know, one of the things I, I identified good and early when we started was we're not we we shouldn't. And in fact, we our unique selling point should be not to compete with those businesses by saying we're all things um, that it's a it's a better roses here. Actually, we should go with a message that tells of our successes that says, look at this startup that's now going through hyper growth. Look at this company that creates four global events that attracts over 100,000 people and look at this small team that's managed to pull this off um, with all the challenges that go with it. And whether it's in our advertising, whether it's in our initial phone screen uh, or whether that's in the throughout the interview process, 
talk about the problems. You know, give a honest version of events of saying this is what the challenge and this is actually what this hire represents. Because, you know, if you're in a company of four, five, six thousand people or more, you know, you can you can talk a very different story and all the assets and all the challenges that go with that. But for our requirements, you know, each hire represents a significant investment and also a significant asset that we now have in both experience, but also bandwidth that we represent. So we can actually show a candidate their direct impact to our bottom line, to how we're able to deliver and scale events and plan and execute events even better. And that really resonates with with people. It resonates with me. It's why I joined this business, because, you know, don't tell me about all the all the, you know, all the wonderful things that have already been done in isolation. Tell me that because that shows me where you've come from. But tell me a story about, you know, what problem I can solve. Because that's ultimately beyond, you know, if you look at any candidate survey, um, you, you can ask them, you know, what motivates them. And salary obviously is up there, but it's not actually the first or second or even third most motivating uh, piece. If you ask candidates, and we survey candidates all the time who've completed the interview process, what they're interested in is understanding the difference they can make. You know, you... you talk to the millennials and whatever that actually represents as a category anymore. But, you know, they want to know that they're making a difference, whether that's in finance or data science, in engineering or sales. They want to know that what they do makes a difference. So our opening pitch or how we've developed our engagement is say, we have done so much with so little over eight years and look what we've created. But we now want to be somewhere else. We want to scale to a business that is not just doing one event of 65,000 people. We want to be doing how many X number of events with 65,000 people. We want to, if we're building technology in-house of this size, we want to do it with this level of impact. Um, And so telling people of the scalability, but also the challenges with that, gives them an idea of the difference they can make if they join our business. And that's the story we've been telling, and actually that's the story we've been attracting. And one of the most satisfying things I have is when someone is, say, relocating to Dublin and they do have a choice of, you know, the Microsofts and Google of the world that are based out of Dublin, you know, and they have offers from them, they're choosing us. Now, that's, that we've been extremely lucky, but I'd like to think that being very honest and very transparent about the challenges we have and how they can help solve those problems has significantly helped um, in attracting that key talent that we're looking for. Really interesting stuff there. And I can see, uh, you know, that's, that's obviously working for you really, 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 really well. One question would be, what, what role is technology playing in your process? You're obviously, you've talked a lot about the, the quality of the recruiters um, and also how you've, um, you know, scoped your, your pitch and your recruitment process. Um, how is technology supporting supporting you through through your journey from from my perspective you know you you look the fundamental challenge i have with any technology and there's so many different platforms and and uh apps now out there there's ai backed um solutions that can do the initial screen for you based on a, a job spec and they are extraordinary what they do and there is absolutely there's so much innovation in the recruitment space uh, that that needs to happen because 
it is at its essence a human-led and human-flawed industry. Um, the the problem you have right now is we are still using the same fundamental product, if you like, that existed a hundred years ago, which is the CV. You know, it, it is created by the candidate with no real guidance or criteria. It it has flawed amounts of information in it, depending on. Uh, the person who's written it and similarly it's reviewed fundamentally by another human and that ha the innovation in that hasn't changed um so my my challenge you know in and even at our own events we we see startup companies who have uh who are trying to innovate in this space and what i do see as the next evolutionary step for all recruiters is how they do adapt AI into that initial screen and that because it is still a very manual process to um, to do outreach and and find relevant candidates it's one thing to from a I think there's been far more innovation and we've certainly used it from a candidate attraction perspective from a from a recruitment advertising uh, I think there's been you know the rise of pay-per-click advertising has seen far more efficient uh, spend in how companies that go about attracting talent and and um, you know recruiters have had to marry the uh, their their skill set in finding talent with a marketing strategy and I liaise internally with our marketing team consistently to make sure that whatever we're doing from a recruitment point of view complements what we're doing from a from a company marketing perspective. And I do think the biggest impact to most recruiters currently has been the rise of pay-per-click advertising opposed to the traditional job board model. Again, I am biased in this. I used to work for uh, one of the leading, uh, if not the leading uh, uh, employment platforms in D.com for five years. So I'm an advocate of that. And there's, But there is still so much headroom in what can be done. And so I do think uh, the the development of AI in the recruitment sector to help um, uh, really decrease the time and manual process of both uh, selecting and and essentially screening candidates, um, as as well as throwing up a, a selection of of uh, relevant candidates from a set criteria that has innovation and it is happening. Um, but whoever actually invents the replacement for the humble CV um, is going to be a multi-billionaire because that's the fundamental flaw. It, it still requires a huge amount of um, manual labor. I also, am, you know, I'm a, a technology enthusiast, but I'm still a believer that as long as we're hiring humans, nothing fundamentally replaces the process of getting, you know, what recruiters are Built to do get a dis, you know a, an internal stakeholder get a hiring manager in an uh, interview room with a really good candidate and step back and let that happen. That that fundamentally has to change. And again, part of me doesn't want that to change because essentially that's that's what we do. So, final question: um, We're both speaking at the Smart Recruiters Hiring Success event in September. Um, what are you looking forward to um, about attending that event? It's it's a real nice selection of 
uh, speakers and thought leaders. And I, I do think we are at a, an evolutionary step within the recruitment industry where we need to be far more connected to one another. You know, we can, you know, when I meet up with other uh, recruiters, uh, recruitment leaders, you know, there can be that element of polite, but rivalry. We're all competing for, for talent. But the right, the reality is we have to, there, we are going to lead the innovation needed within the recruitment sector. Uh, whatever technologies are developed, they're implemented and used by us. And I do think more dialogue, more connectiveness, and again, it breeds through to the fundamentals of what Web Summit is about, is it, it, the, the, the basic human contact of, you know, this is my world and my challenges. What's your world and your challenges like? What are the similarities? What can we learn from each other? And, you know, the, the event in Berlin I'm really excited about is essentially learning from other people's experiences because we're all in our own evolutionary uh, development in companies. You know, other companies have gone through what we're going through now. I'm very interested in seeing how they've um, managed that, uh, th those challenges. But similarly, there are companies that um, have been, you know, have yet to go through the, the rapid change we're going through. And I'd love to be able to give them my own uh, experience and, and see if we can help. Because we should, we, as, as a recruitment industry, we should be helping each other rather than solely looking at each other as uh, avenues for uh, talent to steal from each other. Ronan, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you very much, Matt. My thanks to Ronan. If you'd like to join us at the Hiring Success Conference in Berlin in September, you can find out more at www.smartrecruiters.com slash hiring dash success slash Berlin dash 2018. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or via your podcasting app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.